This is Stand Up For Jesus. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. His time is royal banner, it must not suffer long. From victory unto victory, his army shall he Colossians chapter 2. For I would that ye knew uh, what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the Spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead, and you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Thank you, Brother All right, return with me now to the book of Colossians, chapter 2, where Brother Gene read for us 1 through 13. 
the last message that we brought, we spoke of the root of the righteous. And we were in John chapter 15. And we looked at the root of the righteous, uh, where the Lord was talking about He is the true vine, and we are the branches. All right? We talked about the foundation on which we build our lives is like a root system. First off, what does it take to grow something that's going to bring forth fruit? First thing it takes, good ground. It takes good ground, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And spiritually speaking, what constitutes good ground? Well, we can go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And you remember before the fall, Adam and Eve, they weren't sinners. They weren't sinful. They didn't have to hide from God because they were ashamed of their nakedness. No. They walked with God in the garden. And the ground that they walked on in the garden before sin and the curse, mind you, was good ground. And what made it good ground was the fact that God was there. The presence of God makes good ground. Alright? We want to establish that uh, this good ground, when a seed is planted there, it develops a root system and a vine, and we're talking about a vine, we could say a tree or a collard plant or a tomato plant, whatever we want to use as an example, but we're using a vine because the Lord did. So this root system provides, first off, stability so that the plant or the stem or the vine can grow up out of the ground where it needs to grow so that it's in the sunlight and so that it receives water from rain to grow and to live, to live. So we looked at the law of roots and fruit. And we realized that if we have a sweet potato with roots coming out of it, that it can grow and we can nourish it and we can feed it anything we want to. But it's not going to produce grapes, is it? No. Because it's based on and established by the root, the type of root. God created plants and animals after their kind, didn't he? He established that in the very beginning. Well, the same is true spiritually and that's what i want us to see if we are living for the lord we love him it doesn't take long in fact it may be immediate when he saves us and by doing so he shows us ourselves and our need of him and he shows us himself it doesn't take long for us to realize that we need him and outside of him, we're not happy. We're miserable outside of him. We are uh, confused very quickly outside of him. We are bereaved and sad very quickly outside of him. 
we're unable to produce the fruits that he's ordained us. And the Bible says he has ordained us and created us, created us and ordained us unto good fruits. Spiritual fruits come from the Spirit. If we are God's children, when he saved us, he gave us a new heart, the Bible says. Instead of that stony heart that was resistant to him and his ways, he gave us a soft, pliable heart that is affinity to him, loves him, is drawn to him. He gave us that when he saved us. As we say often, the natural man in and of himself cannot please God. Why? Because he's separated because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden. He was born that way. God shows us that, doesn't he? When he saves us, he shows us that we are desperately sinful. Without hope. But then, praise God, he gives of himself to us. And we have a hope that is an insurance, a sure, solid hope of being with him. He's coming back for us. And when we meet him in the air, we're going to know him. You know why? Because we're going to be like him. We're going to be changed. These old bodies of flesh that fail us will be no more. But we'll have a new body that never fails us. There'll be no tears there. There'll be no more sickness and no more pain there. Oh, what a wonderful place that we're going. So we've determined that roots determine fruit. And the change of a life, you know, when the Lord was talking to Nicodemus, uh, he told him, you must be born again. And Nicodemus, though he was a very educated uh, Christian of that day, he actually questioned him questioned the Lord uh, in the law of nature. He said, must be born again. I mean, I've got to enter again into my mother's womb. And the Lord explained to him, you must be born of the water. When you were born, your mother's water broke. You don't remember it, but you were there and you experienced it. And you're a human being that God had created. After that, you must be born of the Spirit. And that's when God comes to you. Remember, Jacob's ladder reached from heaven to earth, didn't it? Salvation comes that way, from God to you. This change happens in the heart. And in the heart, the Bible tells us that the Lord puts His Spirit in our heart. That's that new heart that He gives us. Well, there's a seed planted there and God plants it. And that seed is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And He plants it in good ground. Well, how can I have good ground in my heart? The Bible says my heart is, is deceitfully wicked and it, none can know it. But God knows the heart. He makes good ground in my heart where he plants the seed. What makes that ground good? His presence. Just like in the Garden of Eden. 
That ground was good ground because he was there. What did he tell Moses at the burning bush? Take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. Why? Moses been all over that desert and those mountains with his shoes on. Why take off his shoes now? Because God was there and that ground was holy. Your heart is good ground in which God plants the seed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, his word, and it grows. And just like uh, that grapevine, it grows and it produces what? Grapes. Why? Because the root from the seed was for grapes. When God saves you and changes your heart, He puts His Holy Spirit within you and plants seed in that good ground. And you grow. And He draws you unto Him as you live every day and every moment. And you produce fruit. What fruit do you produce? Good fruit. Good fruit. The gospel. You tell others of the gospel and God has promised that the gospel, His word will never return unto Him void or empty. No, but He promises that He saves souls by the foolishness of me standing up here and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Good ground grows good plants that produce good fruit. It's as simple as that. The law of roots and fruit. Alright. That catches us up. Now, Colossians chapter 2. In verse 5. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 5. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. It's important that we are steadfast. We just sang, stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Stand up straight as a plant or a vine or a tree that's coming from good ground with good nourishment. Stand up. Steadfast. And here, the Apostle Paul is expressing his joy beholding the fact uh, that the Colossians were steadfast in what? In the truth of God. In the truth of God's Word. In the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Beholding your order, keeping things in order, going by the Word of God, not depending on or changing toward uh, the intelligence of man and what men tend to think is better a better way of living or being than God's way I know that was a mouthful verse 6 as you have therefore received Christ the Lord so walk ye in him verse 7 says rooted and built up in him You see, we stand on the faith that we have in Jesus Christ and what He's done on the cross. We are rooted in that truth. 
God called me to be a gospel preacher. When he called me to preach, he called me to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are a lot of uh, side topics in the Bible. And we go there and we come back. And we go to this and we come back. But you see, we continue to come back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because that's where we're rooted and grounded, you see. That's where our strength is. He is where our strength comes from. I stand up here two days before my mother's funeral and I preach to you because of the strength of Jesus Christ. Yes, the flesh is weak, but praise God, the Spirit is strong. The Spirit is strong. Rooted and grounded or rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith. When God saved you, what did He give you? He gave you faith in Him. Right? You didn't believe in Him and trust in Him before. But when He quickened your heart, He gave you this love for Himself. What a Savior. Rooted and built up in Him, verse 7, Colossians chapter 2, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Who is it that teaches us the truth out of this book? It's God the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Absolutely. Without Him, and without the enlightenment that He gives us, this is just black words on white pages, isn't it? Oh, but when He saves us and gives us life, it comes alive, doesn't it? And it's nourishment. It's manna from on heaven to this spiritual person that God has created. Verse 8, be li Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Man's ideas about life. God's book is right in every way. But man's philosophies are almost silly if you examine them against God's Word, aren't they? After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in Him, in Jesus Christ, dwells, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. Oh, we were in need of Him and didn't know it. God knew us. He's known us before the foundation of the world. That's how great a God we serve. Even in Adam, He knew you. In Eve, He knew you already. He's not subject to time. That's how great a God we serve. In whom also ye are circumcised, with the circumcision made with hands and putting off the body of sins in the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now, what he's talking about is spiritual circumcision. And we're all uh, adults and we're aware of what circumcision does. It cuts flesh off, doesn't it? Spiritual circumcision does the same thing. But what it does is it cuts off the desires 
of the flesh. The desires of a sinful nature that we all inherited. That's what he's talking about. Putting off the love of the world. The love of sinful sinfulness. Buried with him, verse 12, in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. How does God operate? Well, we were buried with him in baptism. When we are baptized, does that save us? No, it does not. But it is an outward declaration of what has happened inside. When I bury, when I bury, when I baptize someone and I put them under the water, I say that they are buried to sin. And when I bring them up out of the water, I declare that they have risen to a newness of life. That's what's happened inside. But we declare it outside. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through this faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. God has raised you from the dead. The same way he raised his son from the grave, from that tomb, with power. Jesus Christ accomplished what you couldn't accomplish, didn't he? God the Father demanded a righteous and perfect human being to suffer for you, to die for you. When Abraham was about to offer up Isaac and he had a knife and he was about to kill his son that he'd waited so long, even to his old age for. Remember, uh, Ishmael was not the chosen one by God. But Isaac was. Isaac asked a question, didn't he? He said, Father, there, there's the wood and there's the altar, but where's the sacrifice? And what did Abraham say? He said, son, God will provide himself a sacrifice. And that's what he did. He provided his own son a sacrifice for you. The only human that ever lived a perfect life. He didn't have the human nature you have. Why not? Because Joseph was not involved in his birth, was he? No. No, but the Holy Spirit overshadowed the virgin. That sinful nature was passed down, is passed down through the man in a marriage. He was perfect and he stayed that way. He lived among a sinful people yet did not sin. He satisfied God the Father. And when he went on that cross, suffered, bled, and died for you, God was satisfied on your behalf because of what Jesus Christ did. What a Savior. But it wasn't over, was it? No. No. The third day, 
He rose from that grave and he did so triumphantly and he had defeated all of your enemies. Yes, the enemy is present today. But his days are numbered. He has no power over you that God doesn't allow. If you read the book of Job, you'll know that God does allow Satan to hinder us at times. But what happened in the end, Job was restored, wasn't he? All that he had was restored. And there was a lesson there. And there are lessons for us when we go through the difficulties that we do in life. There are lessons there. And the lesson is return to the root. Return to the vine, ye branches, because there, there is all that you will ever need. Faith in Jesus Christ. You remember Matthew 14? Let's look over there for a second. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. Notice, they're obeying the Lord. When they got in this ship, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him on the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Remember, he had just fed all these people. Verse 23, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, or not too long before daylight, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when his disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway, I like that word, straightway, that's how Jesus operates, isn't it? Straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. We don't have to be afraid when we have Jesus with us. No matter what's facing us, we're always in his hand, and nothing, Paul said, can separate us from the love he has for us, the care he has for us. And Peter answered him and said, verse 28, Lord, if it be thou, if it's really you, bid me come unto thee on the water. Let me walk on the water. If it's really you, let me walk on the water. And he said, Jesus said, come. He said, come on. Don't doubt. Don't fear. I'm here. Nothing's going to happen to you because I'm here. It's me. Don't be afraid. Verse 29, And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, 
He walked on the water to go to Jesus. Don't you know that was an amazing feeling? He was a fisherman. How many times do you think he stepped out and sunk in the water? A lot of times. He was very familiar with water and the properties of water. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. So he took his eyes off of Jesus, didn't he? And what did he look at? He looked at the wind. He looked at the trouble they've been facing. We don't know exactly how long, maybe all night. The wind had the waves kicked up. They were afraid of dying, of sinking and drowning. And he looked back at the wind. He took his eyes off of Jesus and he started sinking. In your life today, there's trouble. Jesus said, you're going to have problems in this world. But he said something similar that he just said to these fellows. He said, but be of good cheer. I'm here and I've overcome the world. So you don't have to worry. You can have joy and peace in your heart. Because I'm here. He took his eyes off of Jesus. And he began to sink. That's what happens to us on a daily basis, doesn't it? It does. We concentrate and we put our attention toward the problems we're having. And we stare at them too long. And we start to sink. Oh, but then the Lord reminds us, hey, I'm here. I'm here. Come on. Come be with me. You see, the lesson is we return to the root. We return to the branch from which we have been born and from which we live. We live from this good ground in our hearts, don't we? Everything you think, it's going to come from your heart. The things you say, the things you believe, the things you feel, the things you long for, they come from the heart, don't they? Well, let me tell you, if your heart is good ground and the Word of God has been planted there, you will continue to depend on that root. You will continue to depend on the Lord no matter what life throws at you. You're going to stand up for Jesus. What a Savior we serve. Oh, won't you depend on Him and realize that you don't have it within yourself. But He is there for you. As we depend on Him, we are able to walk in Him and produce good fruit for Him. And He gets all the glory, don't He? He deserves it all. What a Savior.